The Archers is like just our reality, but there is a county called Borcestershire instead. Okay. Um, it's the only difference. And farming is a lucrative hobby. <laughs> a hobby? Yeah. Um, Some of them are just hobbyists and they're still making money. It's and then disturbing. everyone says everyone's name a billion times. Mm. I looked up to see if there were any other Archers podcasts. So obviously there's the Archers feed, but there is a podcast called Dum Dee Dum, which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> we that can't is, but I don't think. It. Yeah, so I think what they are is like a recap podcast. Mm. Um, whereas this is not going to be that. No. That would imply that if I, I look it up. remember people's names or relationships <laughs> or characterizations. They're just a big <laughs> farmy blur. Alex Horn, and I'm a radio producer and voice actor and someone who knows pretty much nothing about the Archers. And I'm Ray, a um, half-god gelatinous cube with ears, who for some reason listens to the Archers. And this is Ambridge to, to Nowhere, nowhere. Uh, a podcast about the archers in the most roundabout way yeah i mean when did we start talking about this like oh months ago yeah it's probably almost a year now because i remember specifically i was complaining a lot about the archers last autumn Uh uh-huh and it was basically it was a case of ray wanted a chance to to go off on one about the archers <laughs> and I was looking for new podcast projects. <laughs> I always need to go off on one. The archers is just really easy to go off on one. We could start with my list of current most hated characters. We could do that. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. So who's uh, oh, oh, we we have a, a segment here that's the hit list. Yeah, the hit uh, list. <laughs> so who who is on your hit list this week, Ray? On my hit list this week is probably god that that's actually it's a real tough one this week because everyone's just being really boring and that's annoying me but technically not (laughs) not worthy of assassination i i always fucking hate linda but she wins my heart back every single time but the thing about linda is that she's like she's very she's very much in with the projection she goes on a big a big stink criticizing people and lists off a bunch of personality traits that are just her own personality traits, which she did last episode. She's giving the big speech at Jim's birthday party. Jim is a piece of shit. Okay, okay, we're, we're gonna take it back a bit <laughs> to say maybe what the Archers is. What the Archers is. So, back in... <laughs> one of them world wars 
Probably the second one. Yes, the second one. Back then, um, nobody knew how to farm. They were the snowflake generation, if you will. <laughs> so, <laughs> the archers was created by the BBC. They thought, we've got to teach people some farming skills, but let's do it in a dramatic way because... As much as we all love to hate on the BBC, for no reason in particular, they're wonderful. Um, they try and do drama in an educational way. So, they started the show. It started with... These are the two families that I remember were big at the start. So, the Archers, obviously. They're the main ones. And then... Yeah, that's the show. That's Yeah, them. that's the show. And then... The Fair Brothers. So the fun thing that I know about the original show is that the archers were farming efficiently for a profit and they were sort of middle class. And the Fair Brothers were farming at a loss for tax purposes. I don't know that much about this, but this was just a thing that people did back then. So you could lose money but then sort of make it back in taxes. So I'm pretty sure that one of the main characters on the Archers in the original sort of running was committing tax fraud. <laughs> That's so BBC. It's so BBC. <laughs> so it kept going and it's added new families. The Grundies are a main family now. And if I remember correctly, they were added in the 70s. So there's two Ed Grundies. There's, I think the older one gets called Eddie, though. Well, because it's Ed and Ed Jr. So the uh, younger Grundy, he's got a really great story, um, had a problem with drugs in maybe, like, 2007. I don't know. Timing. Oh, uh, be before drugs were cool. Before drugs were cool, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he did a bunch of drugs, had, like, a meltdown so this is the funny plotline actually because this is the only plotline i remember from when i was a kid because the background on this is that my mum has listened to the archers forever so i do remember a lot from when i was a kid before i was actually coherently listening because i've only been coherently listening to what's been going on for about three years now okay um, so so but... it was a case of you got into the archers because it was what your mum was listening to in yeah. the house in I the mean, afternoon. Legitimately, it was, as many people might suspect, the Helen stuff. I started listening to it vaguely and then I kept going because of the big Helen and Rob plotline. Which is like the only thing I know. Yeah. It's like the only, it's the only part thing a lot of the archers history right that, that I know about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, like my, uh, for us, it was kind of you'd hear the, we'd hear the theme tune start and then change the channel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of people have made fun. You know, I I think that even the BBC has a certain self awareness about what the show is at this point because it doesn't really make any effort to attract new viewers. Because, mm -hmm. gosh, the young characters are written so badly. 
There's there's one that I she's barely in it, but Phoebe, who is I wanna say Phoebe is an Aldridge. Cause her mum is Kate Aldridge. She's on my she's always on my fucking shit list. But she's been She's been extremely likable recently. The show will do this. They'll just like 180 a character in a in a sort of way. I think she's calmed down a lot because she's moved in with a grandma who is the only person who will take her at this point because she's the resident piece of shit hippie who doesn't pay her own way. But now has a successful business that was almost sabotaged by the fact that her her father committed a pollution crimes what does she make scented candles no she's got she has a business called spiritual home where she does so i wasn't far off therapies she yeah she should might as well be making scented candles basically no but she does it's literally funny to me it's the only point of cultural relevance that the show is good at keeping up on is through kate because she does stuff like she talks about goat yoga and I'm like, I didn't think anyone who wrote The Archers knew what goat yoga was. Someone who wrote The Archers once visited a BuzzFeed office yep. looking for temp work yep, they did. and accidentally saw an article about goat yoga while they were there. I mean, that's one of my... Obviously, I have all of these big questions. I am constantly curious as to what the average age of an Archers writer is. Drop some knowledge on me about Archer's writers. So The Archer's is written um, in a really interesting way. It's written unlike any other radio show or like any other show that I know about. It's it's not like a writer's room. There's these huge meetings that happen twice a year where they invite a bunch of people who've kind of like submitted ideas to producers. Mm And they invite a bunch of them along to this huge plot meeting where they'll plot out like the next six months of the archers. Then there'll be individual meetings uh, of the monthly writers team. So that's four writers, and each writer writes six episodes the 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 week basically, which is that's Sunday to Friday, right? And then you get the omnibus on the Sunday again. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. miss out Saturday. Yeah. So so one writer will write six fifteen minute episodes. Um, and and the the monthly meeting is like all of those writers working on their kind of monthly story within the six month story. Mm. So that's kind of how you get those turnarounds on characters. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is because you can, because I I remember you you also told me this some point during the year. So I started making more note of the tone of a week because mm-hmm. there's usually different styles of ongoing plot lines because there are certain kinds of plot lines that don't involve a lot of people but everyone will talk about it because the kind of conceit of course is there's that small village gossip right yeah so there they'll the tone of how people talk about it will often change from week to week and so yeah, the one they're talking about right now is the bunting. I want to explain the bunting to you. Okay, please I tell me about the bunting. I don't I don't fully understand the beginning of this story because apparently it happened about a year ago, but I don't remember this, so it couldn't have been... You know the whole thing because they have the whole book of everything that happens. There must have been someone who like laser-focused in on this really minor event 
about a year ago or something yeah so that's another thing about the the big meeting yeah that they have every six months they bring they bring the plot bible which i mean there's been what like nineteen thousand episodes oh god of the yeah Archers. it's gonna be something like that nearly i think um and and so so there's this huge i guess binder of stuff that's happened over the past 60 yeah. years is 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 brought to this meeting and the writers can kind of like flick through it and see what they want to focus on. Mm-hmm. So you could bring something up from like 1973. You could have some guy turn up being like, I've been on a raft all these years. And he's just floated down the, the river I or some shit. I fucking love it when some guy shows up. So if I understand this correctly, about a year ago at a village fate, Fallon, who is the daughter of... Jolene, who is married to Kenton Fallon. Archer. Her name's Fallon, yeah. F- like Jimmy. L L O N. Like Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Exactly like That's Jimmy Fallon. That's her first name. Her first name I, is Jimmy know, Fallon Archer. It's crazy because it's crazy because I actually really love that name, but there is no way I would never ever name anyone that. Um so Fallon made some bunting from scratch, I think, you know, with leftover fabric. And it got yeah, okay. stolen. <gasps> I know. <gasps> um, it got stolen by unnamed individual. And now... Okay, so we, we the audience... It's not like a dramatic irony thing. Like, we, the audience, don't know who stole the bunting. Yes, until now. Oh, my God. Okay. So, for the past, I think, two to three weeks, someone has been leaving pieces of bunting around the village like a serial killer. Oh, my God. It's fucking great. I'm having it's the most fun. Terrifying. They've been leaving the bunting pieces of bandit. Bunting. Yeah. And if no um, one has called them the bunting bandit, by the way, I should be writing the archers from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, if they're going to go to jail, because so we found out who it is. We we found out who it is it, it, to a degree. So Fallon is married to Harrison, who is. A fucking cop. Oh, not a narc. <laughs> not a narc, I know. God, I I shit you not, my two the two two of the most likable characters in the village are the cop and the vicar. <laughs> That's because it's set in rural England. We've yeah. gotta have everyone we've gotta have the establishment be likable. Mm. We couldn't have the BBC sending out anti establishment messages. They get all their funding from the government. <laughs> so so and it's honestly it's a point of humor because they actually only got married recently despite being in a relationship for a really long time because Fallon used to be a rock star so she's kind of like the local f authority okay. character okay and she, and married she a marries a cop yeah it's funny um oh. so he's been on it with the bunting because it was her bunting so he's been trying yeah, to no. track down yeah, let's fuck the diesel the thefts and the tax fraud let's let's really hammer down on this bunting incident yeah is where the police spending is going well he also runs the cricket team so he's always in a kind of tizzy about preventing he's he had a line recently where he's like i'm gonna show up at the next thing even though i've i've been handing over my captaincy to stop that ooh, that rival team from blackmailing us like they did last time. Well, the 
you know, it's the whole, like, local sports team shit where they, like, send each other embarrassing videos or, like, psych outs. That's always fun. Right, okay. I love cricket team shit. That's my... That's my shit. So... Have you learned anything about cricket? Considering that the Archers is supposed to be educational, have you learned anything about cricket from listening to the cricket shit You can see the, the face I'm making. Everyone who's listening Yeah, it's can't, not but... a good face. So... I think I have a better understanding of what a wicket is now, so... Okay, what's a wicket? A wicket is the things, the things, the line things that you hit. The line thing, the wooden things, yeah. The wooden things that you hit, that's a wicket, right? That is one of the, that's the stumps, yeah. Well, because they play, they play every year, they play a single wicket, so you get the opportunity it's not proper cricket just everyone in the village gets an opportunity to like bowl each other out is that i mean saying the words correctly oh shit i got it okay (laughs) they all play even if they're not on the cricket team tom archer won this year fucking hate that guy but we'll get back to that because we were talking about the bunting okay okay last three episodes ago Harrison got sent a threatening photo, I think through his mailbox, that had a kidnapped scarecrow tied up in bunting. The show's been, the show's just having fun. I, I don't know who's writing this week. They've hired a, a the thriller time. writer or something. Yeah. So he got a picture of a kidnapped scarecrow tied up in bunting that said, meet me at the so-and-so. I can't remember. They said, meet me at the Burge bird watching shed that has a particular name but i can't remember what it's called so it just harrison said mr went police there. i gave you all the clues yeah harrison went there looking out for someone and jim was there he's like the local curmudgeon okay he's he's an atheist he's Ooh. he's a fucking philosopher he reads literature Oh god, he we sounds are all like everything we hate. He reads things in the original Greek. Oh, actually, he sounds pretty pretentious. <laughs> I've only he's done like, that like once. Linda thinks he's pretentious. It's crazy. So, um, he was wait. He was there, and he was like, "Quiet, quiet, Harrison. I'm I'm looking for birds," and and they had a whole conversation about warblers and tits. You know <laughs> the bird kind. And um, that whole interaction ended and Harrison was kind of acting off guard and sheepish. And then Jim ran home to Jazza. So currently we have a house that is the funniest housing arrangement ever. So it's Jim, old curmudgeon, Jazza, local, let's make fun of the Scotsman character. And Jim's son, Alistair, who is the local vet and sad man. (laughs) um he's not sad at the minute actually he's doing he's doing well for himself i'm proud of him so he like puts cats down for a living you're gonna be sad he he had a gambling addiction and his wife divorced him but good for him to be honest because she also sucks um (laughs) is there anyone that's nice in this show i like um Nick was pretty great. She's she's dead. Um, we're on the bunting, so that whole interaction so Jim goes happened. Home. Jim goes and home. Jim runs home to Jazza, 
and they're fucking laughing their asses off and Jazz is like he didn't suspect a thing and Jim's laughing because what Jim was doing was gaslighting um, Harrison and just pretending he was there just watching the birds but Jim was the person who'd sent the threatening photo so this old curmudgeon has been sort of like Kevin Spacey and Seven sevening the local police officer for the past couple of weeks and then Harrison goes home to a character I don't remember who he was talking to he goes to someone at the ball and he's like no someone's trying to pull the wool over my eyes so it wasn't Jim fucking with Harrison Harrison was fucking with Jim he's a smart guy and he realizes Jim is the one who stole the bunting so last episode he sort of ran over to whatever house they live in and like had a go at Jazza and was like are you in on this too and Jazza was like don't go throwing accusations around copper and that's kind of where we're at right now so we'll see how that plays out but I really hope Jim goes to jail but what would be Jim's motivation for bunting theft well that's the thing is that we're not sure my my interpretation is that Jazza was the one who originally stole the bunting but Jim might do that as well because Jim's kind of a bit of a trickster character gosh god I'm finally gonna have to look up a character's name give me say things for two minutes where I find names Okay, so I should we should probably like the bits I know about the archers before yes, we kind of do that. go deeper. So I know about the whole uh Rob and uh the other woman whose name escapes me plotline. Um which was like the big thing mm. like ten years ago. Um and I know that it's set in Ambridge, which yeah. is not a real place. It's not a real place as you just found out. Right in... before we started. No, no, I, I knew Ambridge wasn't real. Oh, right, right. But I, I didn't know that it was in a fake county. I just thought that they put it in, like, Warwickshire or something. Um, so it's in Borsetshire, which is... It takes place in an alternate dimension, very like our own, but there's a Pretty new much county exactly next like to like our London. own. Mm. Yeah, so it's in, it's, well, it's in the Midlands, right? It's, uh, according to, according to Wikipedia... It is situated between what are in reality the contiguous counties of Worcestershire and Warwickshire, mm-hmm. south of Birmingham. Yes. Um, so it's it's kind of got this whole fictional county that it's in, but it's basically like a cross section of of farming Britain. Yes. Um, all the classes, all of the farm things. Yeah, but none of the races, just the white ones. <laughs> there is. And you tell me there's one black guy in the village. There is a character called... She's not a main... She's a C-list character, but she's married to the vicar. This is... She is also another character that I remember from when I was a kid being super relevant at one point when I was a kid. But she's... I've only heard her voice twice. She was particularly relevant recently because she's the landlord of the cottage that Helen and Rob lived in, if I remember correctly. So she was slightly relevant to that plotline because she was trying to re-rent a cottage where someone had stabbed someone. Yeah. 
So, difficulty. Um, she was in it and there was a there was a mixed race character who was very relevant for a plotline heading into this year and last year um, called Nola Tando. So she's Kate's daughter because Kate moved to South Africa at one point, met someone and had two kids and Nola Tando came to live in Ambridge for a bit because she was having a bit of a mid-teen crisis. And yeah, because when you live in South Africa, the one place you'd think to go would be a rural village in Borsetshire. Yes. Well, it's if you were having a rebellious teen it's phase. Where her mum is from. So the two characters I was looking up were Lillian and Justin. Okay. So what was I trying to say about them? God, we were talking about m- motives of bunting theft. Yeah, and then we were talking then... about... Oh my god, this is so listenable and coherent. I love well, it. Well, that's the that's it's the same with the archers in my experience. Man, you know, that's the thing to to be honest because my my usual listening experience is I'll listen to it to go to sleep because there is it's so unchallenging. And I do mean that as a compliment. It sounds yeah. like an insult, but it doesn't... No, I think, to be yeah. fair, radio plays are kind of designed to be in the background by their very nature. And yes. especially the archers. Like, it was supposed to be a kind of evening thing that was on and you didn't... You could kind of pick it up and put it down wherever and if you missed it, uh, one episode, you were kind of fine. Yeah. And then they would be... And, and then if people who actually cared would listen to the omnibus on Sunday. The thing about the whole radio element of it is they have technical appearances because they do the photo shoots with the voice actors and those are kind of the canonical appearances of the characters okay so they go to like farms and dress them up and take photos of them yeah yeah and there are loads of set photos because they film the whole thing in like kitchen sets with people doing the foley in the background of them reading the scripts um but if i so choose and i often do i just sort of imagine that they're all muppets or like <laughs> one time i was like what if they were all crocodiles and i was just going like bah, 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 bah. So like what if they were all farmy crocodiles yeah it's just cro- crocodiles in dungarees crocodile dungaree yeah. the much less farming success the much less successful farming spin-off of course the big plotline because of everything that happened back in the day between the archers and the fair brothers which i don't fully understand because everyone kind of talks about it like it's ancient mythology on the show Mm-hmm. But well, it, it it kind of is, isn't it? Because it was like the original stuff, so it's like the origin myth of the yes. archers. So there's this eldritch demon called Grace, Grace Fairbrother, <laughs> and I have no clue how she related to the Fairbrother family. So I've just kind of decided in my head that she was the fair a sister in the Fairbrother family. But she was the first wife 
of Jill Archer's husband, who is now dead, and he never got over her. Or he did, and Jill just thinks he never got over her. But Jill Archer doesn't like the Fair Brothers because of this whole nonsense. I think Grace, if I'm correct, is the one that died in the in the very bad Foley fire back in the day. The bad Foley fire. Yes, because they didn't have good Foley back then. So what was it? Just people like crinkling tape? Yeah, it really was. <laughs> it was like, oh my god! Ha! It's like TV <laughs> static. And Grace was a really big deal and they still talk about it now. And it's so interesting to like hear this old these old people talk about this thing that happened 70 years ago and that's why i love the show um jill jill's like the older characters are usually much more likable because they do the general idea of them having gained this experience through time and they're just trying to take care of their families and jill archer is the matriarch of the whole show really because she's the matriarch of the main family so she uh, she's the one that that threw a granola bar at a restaurateur i like or a box of granola bars she got really um jill got big into activism and got really mad at this restaurant that was opening because it was going to open on the same location as a donation based uh, cafe so it was a really cool plotline that they were doing where there was a cafe where it was you pay what you can pay so mm-hmm. if you have no money you just go in and eat for free but you right. um and they all make one dish and that's what's served and they work yeah, off cool. food donations etc etc um and all of the money goes to keeping the place going not for a profit and kirsty got got jill really into this enterprise and then this really shitty fancy dancy restaurant came into the area that was going to take the location because the restaurant couldn't keep going anymore and so in one of the protests that jill was involved in she threw a box of granola um at the restaurateur and it was so beautiful that's such a good i i really want to know how they did the foley for that as well I feel like if I remember correctly, it was something like, You bitch! <laughs> like a Wilhelm scream shit. That's how I remember it in my head, but I might be over-fantasizing because I, I enjoyed it so it, much. That's all I'm going to imagine now. I mean, to be honest, the arm on this woman. At the time, I was like, <laughs> good for you. She didn't... I'm trying to remember what the exact circumstances were because I don't really think she meant to hit her. I think okay. it was a moment of extreme old lady rage and she had the box of granola. So his twin sister Lily. So their dad Nigel died when they were 11. He fell off a roof. It's a whole big thing. I'm sure we'll get into it at some point. He fell off a roof in a storm they've grown up without oh a God. father figure I, that's and therefore they I know are about. stupid <laughs> huh that's another thing i know about i know about the dude falling off the roof yeah that's nigel so okay. everyone got really in preparation for this show i was like i'm wondering what i'm gonna say about nigel because i don't know anything about nigel 
So I was trying to look up clips of him on YouTube. There's not a lot of it or anything. People don't archive the archers. And I was looking up clips of him. And I shit you not, it was the funniest fucking shit. There was there was a bunch of clips where they were doing a parody of it. Um, there was a bunch of clips of his voice. He had the funniest voice. He was the most upper class person ever. Um, someone edited... Someone edited an audio clip of him where he falls off the roof and then you hear a trampoline spring noise and he bounces back onto the <laughs> roof. And I'm, I didn't know there was this crack subculture of the archers, but I'm really happy there I, is. Archers shitposting. Archers shitposting. I mean, I'm going to be... I'm planning on being in the vanguard of like really good archers shitposting. Yeah, because I have yeah. this great picture of a scarecrow and I want to like be like, I'm sending this to Jim as like a retribution <laughs> from Harrison like the scarecrow is going to rise from the dead I am not the archer's demographic you are not their yeah you're not their target no. audience why am I here let's say that much I don't I don't know how you ended up there I'm, honestly it's like it's like watching you being at the wrong like you've walked into the wrong convention center and I've just like we're around. all next yeah. door at comic-con like we're, we're next door at comic-con and you you've ended up in like the business conference next door and we're like where's ray i went to comic-con this autumn and i thought this could really do with an archer's panel an archer's booth you should have cosplayed as someone from the archers and no one would have known because it's oh my it's god ray. they would have been like why have you dressed in wellies for this fucking in hall. Why have convention. you got a gilet on? Why have you got a gilet on? Um, I. <laughs> I mean, I. It's it's just in the normal. I listen to a lot of stuff and read a lot of stuff and watch a lot of stuff that isn't for me, because I'm obsessed with stories and the archers is the. It's like an ivy drip of stories it happens every night i never have to except for saturday and almost every single saturday it's approaching seven o'clock that's when the archers is on it's approaching seven o'clock and i'm like gotta listen to the archers oh wait it's saturday they've really got me they've they've got me in their cowy hooves and i'm never gonna escape <laughs> because i cannot go a day <laughs> Without listening to the archers, it's really bad. So, what do you do on Saturdays? You've just got to like you listen to last week's omnibus again, just being like, "Oh, I miss it." I, I mean, I have I done that, fresh, that once. That fresh shit. A couple of times, I have really been hankering. I mean, I don't. I'm usually pretty good at listening to it every single day. But there are exceptions because. If you can believe it, I do have a life and I'm occasionally busy in the evening and don't remember or have time to listen to it. So there is also something particularly enjoyable about listening to the whole week in a row, which is not a thing I often do, but mm -hmm. have occasionally done. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to when there's a, an influencer character because that that's got to be in the in the pipeline somewhere surely sort of like a local social media i've been genuinely so i have my own 
Archer's OC, if you will. Oh, not that I write fanfic. Uh, but how did you? How did you wait until this late in the episode just to, to, to <laughs> tell me? Because it had to come up organically. OC. I couldn't just say it. So I have an Archer's OC. <laughs> Um, their, their names, their name's Liddy, short for Lydia. Uh-huh. And they come into town and they kind of shake things up a bit because they actually know stuff about contemporary society. It's basically just my insert. Like, they have a lot of my characteristics. Um, Liddy, um, they're, uh, they're, uh, act- they're an actor they worked for a big acting company so they come in wanting to do the pantomime and Linda's like kind of moved off from doing the pantomime but she's still really mad because this young person isn't doing the pantomime the way that you're supposed to do pantomimes um and they would know stuff about contemporary politics and be politically minded to the degree that the BBC would allow Right in my fan fiction. I mean, obviously, it's my fan fiction, so I can write it what I want. But I want to stay true to the Archers, so they therefore cannot say um, I'm an anarcho-socialist. I'm guessing. Okay, oh, I think We're I think we now. we should we should start calling it there. We've got to be more focused in the future. I, I just, I said I, about 20 names and didn't explain any I of who they were. I love it. It's great. <laughs> we'll, but we'll circle back to it. We'll be we'll like three back. years from an hour and I'll be like, so who was Susan? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do a whole episode on Susan, whole episode on Linda. Um, we'll eventually get to Helen yes. and Rob. My favourite, I didn't even talk about my favourite character, which is which is Peggy Woolley, darling of my okay. heart. So we'll we'll end on a shout out to the we we started with the hit list, yeah, and we'll end with the uh, the uh, MVP. Yeah, shout out to Peggy, I I love you, and um, your terrible cat. <laughs> no context required. <laughs> some people come back from a haircut feeling better about themselves. Some people come back from a haircut with a cat. But that's a story for another day. Okay. Thank you for uh, listening to whatever this ends up sounding like. Um, Probably thank you. amazing. Yeah, obviously because of of, of Janet Lala Hamblin, who is uh, our producer and editor, who's going to make us sound just top notch. And man, I hope she'll come on the show sometimes. We'll have her on at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. As someone who um, who knows, I don't know how much she knows about the archers if you want to listen to the archers it is a bbc radio 4 production um it's on at seven o'clock every day except saturdays i mean it's also on the same app that this is on because it will be it's it's put up as a podcast as well yes it's put up as a podcast and you can also get to it if you have that available BBC Radio iPlayer. It's, it's now called BBC Sounds. BBC... I'm sorry. You can get it on BBC Sounds. This is not at all affiliated with the BBC. We just both mm. want to work for them. <laughs> or if you so prefer, you can listen to it in an omnibus at two o'clock on Sundays, which is how many people listen to or it. Or you can do what I'm going to be doing, which is 
just coming back here every every so often yes and, and uh and letting ray explain what's happening to you <laughs> you'll have fun if you do that um if people start listening to this i am fucking happy to take questions either from people who listen to the show or people who do not understand what i'm talking about and want me to explain something yeah we, we and was... i promise it will be as rambly as this episode was yeah and we'll set up a we'll set up like a twitter or something for that to mm. come to welcome to a semi-recap show from someone with adhd you're gonna love it <laughs> and someone who doesn't know anything but is just here for the ride <laughs> yeah uh, thank you very much. I have been Alex Horn. And I've been Ray Walsh. And as we always say, close the gate on your way out. Maybe. Maybe we say that. Maybe we say that. As we always say, have you heard the gossip? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>